Hello and welcome to the Harvard EdCast, a series of conversations with thought leaders in the field of education from across the country and around the world. I'm your host, Matt Weber, and today we're discussing as part of the Harvard Education Press book series, the book Striving for Equity, District Leadership for Narrowing Opportunity and Achievement Gaps. We're here with one of the co-authors, Rob Smith. Welcome to the EdCast. Well, thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Rob, before we jump into what the book's about, I think a good framing uh, question for for this conversation is, how do you define equity? Because I know we hear a lot of buzzwords about equity and equality and opportunity gaps and achievement gaps. Let's start with just the word equity and what we're really striving for in this book. Good. Um, yeah, the, the, uh, the issue that we raise in the book and, and that uh, gets talked about a good bit is the difference between equity on the one hand and equality on the other. And this becomes particularly important in terms of time given and resources given to uh, students with challenges. And the idea is that you don't have equity in conditions in which all students are receiving the same amount of support. Uh, You are getting equity if you have a situation in which every student is getting the amount of support necessary to become successful. And the, and the way in which you sort of flesh out these ideas is through some stories, and it's stories from uh, longtime superintendents, all leaders in the Minority Student Achievement Network. Tell us a little bit more about what that is. Yeah, the Minority Student Achievement Network got, uh, started in 1999, and I was one of the original 14 superintendents who came together to form the organization. Uh, at that time, all of the school districts, those 14 school districts, were entering suburban, very diverse, in most cases well-resourced. Um, and the idea was is that this was before No Child Left Behind, was that we wanted to make certain that we were making progress on these gaps in our, in our diverse districts, and we wanted help from the best scholars in the United States on that. And we came together in order to... to uh, to get together to help each other and to ask for uh, university scholars' help. And that's how we got started. The organization's still going on today. There are 29 members uh, across the country. Uh, Arlington, uh, Virginia, where I am, continues to, uh, continues to be a member. There are two other members from Virginia, Alexandria City right outside of Washington also, and Harrisonburg City. Um, other, other kinds of districts that, well, uh, they're not in the book, but but uh, the uh, Cambridge Public Schools, where you are, uh, is also a member. Uh, Madison, Wisconsin, another member. Ann Arbor, Michigan, uh, Amherst, Massachusetts, up your way. Um, South Orange, Maplewood, New Jersey. So that, and uh, Chapel Hill, North Carolina. Those are just some examples of the, the kinds of districts that have been involved. So as part of the network, you, you get together, you collaborate, you convene uh, the best research, and then you as all the district leaders come together. What were some of the, the ideas that came out of these, uh, these meetings, this network, and, and true ways in which that you could take the learnings and close the achievement gap and, and bring uh, all sorts of diverse populations and uh, you know all the different schools from across the country so that you can all collectively rise together? Well, uh, first of all, superintendents talk about the, the kind of work that they're doing in each of their districts. 
We also uh, had, and, and the organization still does have, uh, what was called a research practitioners council. And these are people who are engaged in research and evaluation and instruction in each of the districts. And there are two to three members uh, of the research practitioner council from each of the school districts involved. They come together and, and uh, using the agenda that's been set by the by the superintendents, uh, look at issues that that uh, are of importance. For example, adolescent literacy uh, was a was a major issue. Um, algebra for all students is uh, another issue that's still still being worked on. And then they tried to to bring in people who are doing original research in those areas, and then share uh, interventions that seem to be working or not working. One of the one of the major uh, principles I think that, that we've learned is that it's not so much a case of trying to replicate exactly what's happening in each district in the same way, because each of us had a different set of circumstances. So it was a matter of recognizing what were the principles behind the interventions that seemed to be successful, and uh, how would we adapt them uh, for our own circumstances. I think what you're doing, taking research, putting it into practice as an intervention, is just everything that is talked about that's successful in, in bringing proper good education reform at scale. Tell us a little bit about how this book came about. I mean, it's one thing to be a network, and it's another thing to to put all this together in a book and, and be out on a book tour with Harvard Ed Press. Yeah. Well, the um, I, I retired as the superintendent of the Arlington Public Schools in 2009. And in 2011 and 12, uh, working with a colleague from George Mason, who is the co-author of the book and is now a professor at Stanford University, um, we decided to, to take a look at what was different about these superintendents who, first of all, had this gap closing for both opportunity and achievement as their, as their top priority. Uh, what kinds of conditions do they create in their organizations? How do they work with their boards in ways that, that were successful? So we, we wanted to select uh, only superintendents who had been in the Minority Student Achievement Network on their governing board for at least two years and had been in that their current position for two years or more. Uh, of the 25 districts that were uh, represented at that time, um, only 13, uh, no, I'm sorry, 14 people qualified. So there'd been a lot of turnover. And uh, so we ended up with 13 superintendents, so all, all but one uh, agreed to go through with the interviews. And we interviewed them in 2011 and 2012. Each interview lasted for approximately an hour, some went longer, some a little bit shorter. And uh, we covered questions ranging from how do you talk about the achievement gap? And, the, and opportunity gaps. How do you how do you handle issues within the community when one one interest group feels that it's not being treated as well as some other interest group? Uh, how do you how do you marshal the resources? How do you keep this issue front and center? How do you stay in your job? Um, and that was always a kind of an interesting discussion. And uh, from that, we were able to to derive some themes and get a sense of the kinds of things that people were working on and that, that they found to be successful. 
Rob, tell us a little bit about who you want to buy this book. Who is this book for? Obviously, district leaders, but it seems like it can apply to all sorts of different education leaders across the board. And then aside from the who, what is the main takeaway that you want people who come into contact with either the Minority Student Achievement Network or Striving for Equity, your new HEPG book, what is it that you hope they take away from reading this book? Well, you've asked me about three questions, so uh, let me go with the takeaway question first. The, uh, we'd, like, we'd like folks to understand that these are unusual superintendents as we were interviewing them, we became more and more impressed with the work that they've done. And we saw uh, a number of organization conditions that seemed to be very important. One is that all of these superintendents work very hard on the education of their organizations um, and the discussion of what some people call undiscussable issues and confronting those issues directly. And so there were there are a number of things that uh, these folks worked on, and so we devoted a chapter to, to just the work around building teacher capacity. And for many of the districts, that started out with making sure that there, there was a common curriculum and that instruction and assessment to support it were in place. Um, some of the superintendents used the phrase that we wanted to create a system of schools rather than, I mean, we had a system of schools and we wanted to create a school system. Uh, almost all of them were engaged directly in, in one way or another in implementing a systematic form of professional development of uh, teachers and others to support the, uh, the process. And all of them promoted high expectations and the provision of rigorous academic experiences across the board. And that, that seemed to be one that, that, uh, an item that was of particular importance to almost every one of the superintendents, and they had worked very hard at getting rid of some of the impediments for having kids be able to enter into uh, advanced coursework. Uh, Almost all of the districts at one time or another have had a whole series of recommendations through which kids had to go and parents had to, to sign off on all kinds of forms. And um, most of them ended up getting rid of those kinds of things. Um, we found that all of the superintendents, in one way or another, uh, had to confront issues of race directly. Yeah, Rob, it's, it's certainly some. those are skills that are incredibly important now and, and obviously in the future. The, the, the type of uh, reader of this book, uh, obviously it's about district leaders, but who else, uh, who else would enjoy this book as well? I think uh, almost any citizen who is interested or resident who is interested in education in his or her community uh, would have something to take away from the experiences of these people and with, and something to think about and chew on in terms of what was happening in their own schools. Rob, uh, a little bit last question just about your own personal uh, story. Going from a superintendent in Arlington to uh, now an associate professor of education at George Mason, talk a little bit about how that has changed, that transition for you has been interesting to be in practice and then to move into, uh, you know, a sort of very much a teacher role. 
Yeah, uh, well, I enjoy it greatly. I'm, uh, I'm working largely with uh, relatively young people. They're, they're almost all teachers who want to become school administrators or are, are working on a doctorate in uh, education leadership. And it's a, it's a different kind of schedule, a different kind of process. Uh, I have very, I have, I teach mostly at night because uh, the folks I teach are, are working in, in, for the most part. Uh, but I don't have the kind of schedule that I had as a superintendent. And I spent 12 years uh, in Arlington doing that kind of work, and I loved it. Uh, but this is, a, this is a different kind of experience. I had planned from uh, pretty much the outset of my career that I wanted to end up in higher education, did some teaching along the way as an adjunct uh, in Maryland, in Texas when I was there, and uh, and never, oh, I guess I did teach one adjunct course uh, during the time I was in Arlington, but always wanted to get back to that. Well, after 44 years of uh, working in pre-K to 12 education, I decided that it was time to retire from that and move into uh, into the university. I thought maybe I would stay for seven years and then retire all the, or maybe five years and then retire altogether. And it's now been seven years and I'm still not ready to do that yet. Well, and we're grateful for, for your service to education uh, pre-K to 12 and obviously post-secondary uh, and for your new book, Striving for Equity, District Leadership for Narrowing Opportunity and Achievement Gaps. I can't think of too many other people who are more qualified to write this book. So thanks for being on the EdCast, Rob. All right. Thank you, Matt. Appreciate it. The book is available at hepg.org. The name, Striving for Equity. You've been listening to Robert G. Smith on the Harvard EdCast. Thank you very much for listening.